Our offers are still running at the moment and for We Edition, if you sign up to their monthly subscription and quote NASTY, all capital letters, 25 at checkout, you will receive 25% off the monthly subscription. As I've said before, I think We Edition will become the future of casting. For those of you who are interested in backstage actors, if you follow the link in the description box, you will get 12 months free subscription to backstage. Casting directors, um, you can post free castings by typing in persistent and nasty, all capital letters at checkout. everybody, Elaine here. Hope you're all doing as well as you can be during lockdown. Um, we are hoping that you are all well and keeping safe. In today's episode, we, Misha and I chat to the brilliant Kimberly Cates. Kimberly is an American actress and film producer and just all-round inspiring human being. We hope that you really enjoy today's episode and are actually as inspired by her as we are this woman is incredible. The amount of things that she's doing, even during lockdown, is stunning. And the work that she produces regularly is incredible. Um, we have all the details of how you can follow her uh, entertainment group and also their new live streaming service in the bio. As always, guys, get a wee cup of tea, sit back, relax, enjoy. Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Persistent and Nasty. We are over the moon to have with us today Kimberly Cates of Big Screen Productions. Um, Kimberly is currently in LA and I'm in Glasgow so we are on another Zoom podcast. Welcome Kimberly. Thank you so much Elaine. So lovely to be here. It's so <laughs> lovely to have you. Um, so Kimberly and I were just chatting before we started recording and I was saying you know, we're just going to have a nice relaxed chat and talk about what it's like to be a woman in our industry. And Kimberly said, I want to share it with you. I have a concept. I know it's, you know, I was watching a movie last night um, and it, I think it was one of the Bourne movies, which are so well put together. All the Bourne Identity films, you know, mm -hmm. they are wonderfully put together, but there's not a lot of females when really? I see in the, the credits and the behind the scenes. And like, you know, men, and I just see a lot of these action films and they're exciting and they're adventurous and men are so good at putting these things together. You know, like really they are. It's like, it's always these men that are like, and what is it, you know, you break it down. What is it that they're doing? They're photographing, obviously. They, there's a material that they want to dramatize. You know, you have to be very dramatic to make it exciting. Some of this stuff is so ridiculously dramatic, but yeah. You, <laughs> They did that, but okay, that makes it exciting. You know, it's like men, they have a tendency to, men do like adventure, and but women like adventure too. Yeah. We're, subtle, we're subtle with it. And we have to sometimes like keep the house together so we can't go be as adventurous as you, you know, we're not going on the hunt, but <laughs> we love to, you know, honestly, yeah. we do love yeah. to do that. So I was looking at it, but I thought, you know, women are really probably better at putting things together than men. We are production planners. Look at our wedding planning, for example. Yeah. Look at, you know, I thought movies, what they are really, is there just big scrapbooking? Mm. Who does scrapbooking better than a woman? 
you know, putting all the photos together <laughs> and all the things and like organizing it, organizing the party. And that's how I've always thought of myself as a producer is being a party planner. I was always good at putting the pieces together and that's what producing is. Mm. But I just think women don't have the opportunities. Um, it is male dominated. I'm not quite sure why that is because I know that the original editors who helped some of the biggest directors ever in Hollywood were females. Mm. And the, most of those movies were made in the editing room. Um, so I just don't, I don't understand why females are not given more of an opportunity because I think their natural talent is probably stronger than men in putting things together. Yeah. I mean, as far as film goes, you know, filmmaking and all the different parts of it. Um, look at, you know, women, we're always being accused of being too dramatic. You know, what, we're such drama queens. Well, okay, drama plays really well in the movies, doesn't it? I mean, that's yeah. what exciting is, is like, they, you know, you just have to heighten your emotions to make something not totally boring. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I know. The whole, the drama queen thing is so interesting. We, we've been doing this um, kind of almost like reclaiming words. You know, girls always get told mm -hmm. that they're bossy, but boys right. get told that they're driven and ambitious, although it's the yeah. same thing. And it's that mm -hmm. thing of, you know, a woman is hysterical rather than passionate. Mm -hmm. And it's just these words that get used. And the drama queen thing is, you know, that's a really good one of, oh, it's a good way of kind of dismissing our ideas, isn't it? It's just like, yeah. Yeah, actually. it's true. It's true. You, What you're talking about is just the negative connotation that's behind the word. But if you actually mm -hmm. looked up the word in the dictionary, it doesn't have a negative connotation. Ambitious could, I mean, I'm sure the etymology on it is wonderful. And it comes yeah. from something, you know, <clears throat> that's very inspiring. And it's just, you look up the words of things and, they don't mean um, like even hyperactive, they call children hyperactive. And yeah. I remember I was tutoring some children like you know, back a while ago. And that was one of the first things we looked up was like, I had the child look up the word hyperactive, which means to be overly active. Well, that's what we want our leaders to be. We don't want them yeah. to be hypoactive, <laughs> underactive. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we want them to be like that. And so it's like, let's not drug them and like, you know, make them not like that. Just like find a place for their, um, energy to go to that makes yeah. them the leaders that's all inside of them because that energy is wonderful it just has to be directed correctly yes so anyway um but yeah I love those words that we get called and they can be they can act as very invalidating to mm -hmm. us you know mm -hmm. they could stop us they could stop us and make us stop going if you have a lot of enthusiasm um or you're like oh you're so this or that and it's like you want that and it's like people that are antagonistic towards you or that are towards a person antagonistic at all towards your project and you like you, you think in your brain like oh I want to get their approval well don't those kind of people will never approve of you mm. you just have to go with the people that are enthusiastic or flow like you are like are not going to tell you that you're <clears throat> a freak or weird because of yeah you yeah. know what I mean absolutely absolutely <clears throat> um so let's talk about your career Kimberly <laughs> okay <laughs> Yes. Okay. It's the starts uh, of your career and where it's led you to now. Well, I originally was pre-med in school, um, which is interesting because I, but mm. I, you know, I was pre-med in school. I happened to like, just love acting and performing when I was very little. I would put things together. I was always putting things together, like a lot of little kids. And my mom was nice enough to let me put on shows, but that was, it made me excited. It was my passion. Um, but I didn't think I could do it as a career. So I was pre-med. I was trying to do the 
good girl thing of be smart. Mm. You know, I was doing biology, chemistry, and I still do love science very much. You know, I I do a lot of holistic medicine and stuff with pets and, and people sometimes, but mostly pets. Um, But I, I, I started off, you know, pre-med with that. And then I got into the acting. I won a modeling contest. Okay. Um, for a copper tone bathing suit contest. And then other things were offered to me. Um, I won't say like, you know, certain magazines and stuff that I mm. did not do. Um, and then I just, uh, I, I was going to school. I came out here and I, I don't remember how I heard about it, but I, I was taking some classes. It all happened like in a three month period. And I got Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which okay. was my most well-known film. It was my first film. And I, you know, that was with Keanu Reeves and George Carlin and Diane Franklin, who I'm love Diane Franklin. You have to have her on your show. By oh, the way. Love she's, to. Yeah. <laughs> she's incredible. We become yeah. such great friends. So I started off with that. And then I really had to learn as I went because I got that project so early and I mm. did not, you know, I just felt like such an outsider in the business. I didn't have formal training. I only had done a few months of acting class. I really was not properly trained. And so I just, um, I'd spent a lot of time doing theater after that and okay, training. Great. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of classics and I'm sure as you did and Mark and yeah, your yeah. Mark. Um, yeah, but I was never, you know, I was always intimidated by, by the Brits or by, <laughs> the, by the Scots or you know, the formal actor Shakespearean <laughs> train. So I did tackle Shakespeare. I did. It was like one of the, you know, I did. Uh, I did play Ophelia. I did Juliet. Oh, snap! I played Ophelia too, and I love doing like um, Electra and Antigone. Yes. So I did those classics, and I it did. You do find a power doing those. Mm. You know those roles. It's like there's a certain groundedness, and you could keep doing them for a long time. There's just something so beautiful about that writing, and that it's not just the writing, but it's the place that it takes you to emotionally, mm. mentally, and spiritually. You go. And it does give like an, an inner fortitude that I did not have. So I'm glad that my teachers did give me those assignments because it it really did strengthen my core. Great. Which is what training is about, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Prepping you. <laughs> Prepping you for, you're never going to be quite prepped for this crazy town, but. Uh, <laughs> where where did you live? Where did you grow up? I grew up in the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest. And I lived in a couple different states. I lived in Washington State. Okay. the young. Idaho and Montana. So beautiful, beautiful country. Um, It's just gorgeous there. I'm sure, well, I've never been to Scotland. I would love to go to Scotland. (laughs) You should come. I would love it. I'll take you on a tour. Oh gosh, I am just, uh, yes, that whole, that whole area of the world I have never been. So it is is beautiful. It really Mm -hmm. is beautiful. I've seen those. I've seen Braveheart. We're not really like that, but um, well, some people are running, still running about in kilts. Um, but yeah, the well, landscape. Mark, Mark does. Mark does. Mark does. He loves his kilt. He We're literally talking did, about our friend Mark, by the way. Yeah, that Mark Prendergast. Yeah, our, yes, our, our common friend. Um, he uh, he does look good in a kilt because not all men do, but Mark does. I have a question. Do they do they wear underwear? underwear? You shouldn't if you're going to be a true Scotsman. That's what I thought. You gotta let it all breathe, I guess. Yeah, let it all hang out. <laughs> Don't want to go there. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, stuck all alone in the home. 
Okay. Uh, anyway, so that's what I, I started off. Um, that was my acting career. I did a lot of work. I did a lot of television. I did films. I did films I wish to regret. I mean, I do regret. And uh, But, you know, all horrible projects, I learned a lot on. It, mm. The really difficult projects, I learned the most. Um, and I don't know why, but but I also made some great friends. I always made wonderful friends and always saw great parts of the world doing some of these um, strange films that I did, but I also did regular like ABC network television and I did the original sign, one of the original Seinfelds um, and Larry Sanders show. And I got to work with some really great, Mm. wonderful artists and actors and learned a lot from them. Um, And then I, I had um, a couple of like influential people in my life, including Martin Scorsese, who saw me in some of my early work. And he encouraged me to find my passion or encouraged me to, you know, I know he did Mean Streets and he did these, and and he had done something before that Boxcar Bertha. And that was not his passion. We talked a lot about that. And he gave me, he gave me a whole bunch of films to watch. He sent them to me, which was wonderful, like The Red Shoes. And um, yeah, he sent me some wonderful films to to watch. And I, I was still quite young at the time and I wasn't, what he was saying to me, I didn't really hear it. It took me a yeah. long time to hear what he was saying. Um, and I then, it's actually just been in the last couple of years because I got into, one thing led to another where I, I do a lot of animal rescue. And I bring that up because that animal rescue, a lot of people don't know this, but I ended up getting very, very sick from doing some animal rescue. I got hit by a cat, it was undiagnosed. And then I got cat scratch fever and nobody knew what I had. It was a whole weird thing. Oh. And so I literally like went through this phase in like, in the mid 2000s where I stopped pretty much acting and I started trans, um, transferring over to producing more. And it was all because I just couldn't get out of bed for six months. I got really like I had to heal my body and I did. Yeah. I, I literally learned how to heal myself and it was like quite an experience. Mm. But anyway, so I just, I'd made a transition at that point and I started producing and then I'd, I had, I got involved in this company, Big Screen Entertainment Group, which I'm in now. And one thing led to another. I had all sorts of um, challenges that came about in the first four or five years of this company. It's a small publicly traded company. And there were um, a number of individuals that were involved that um, that were doing things that uh, they shouldn't have been doing. So I had to, uh, had to do right. a lot of work. I learned, um, I learned a lot of things about a lot of things I never thought I would learn about. Okay. Um, like the law, like uh, legals and all sorts of interesting things. But um, anyway, we I, we retained a really strong group of people that I still work with. Um, you know, it's like been 15 years now, and we all work together. Michael Manasseri, Stephen Eckleberry, uh, Michael Gardner, and now Sandra Manetti, who is how I know Mark, by the way. Okay. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So Sandra is part of BAFTA. Um, anyway, so I, I've been working on the company and doing producing and just like doing other people's projects for the most part, producing, doing distribution, overseeing them, raising money for people, all sorts of things. But I never got back to that place that Martin Scorsese told me about. It was like, what is your passion? Mm. And I never found that really as an actress, to be honest, except for when I did comedy. I did okay. love doing comedy. Um, and then I... Um, I started in the last couple of years, I've started creating shows and I've just started hiring people to, I'm just developing IPs left and right. So I've come up with, and I really have found my niche of what Mm. gives me passion as 
uh, the creator of shows and like the stuff that I had as a little kid that I loved, mm-hmm. um, you know, from the Chronicles of Narnia to um, Trixie Belden to my love stories to mystery and magic and all of these things that I love doing. I am now being able to transform that into creative ideas. I literally have about 25 different IPs that I'm having writers write right now. So Amazing. I have a lot, a lot of creativity going on in the last few years. And I'm not quite sure why, but just something like a switch went off and yeah. I just, and I had, I had some things happen. And I'm like, oh, it was kind of depressing me. And I'm like, okay, I need to do something to pull myself out of this. So I decided for this year, I'm going, and I've been doing it pretty regularly. Every single day, I have an idea book. Every single day, I write a new idea for a new movie or TV show. Oh, Every day. Wow. Even if it's something so stupid or silly, <laughs> I write I write ideas down or I write yeah. the full story. And sometimes it's very, very detailed. And sometimes it's just, you know, general concepts. But I have to discipline myself to write the ideas down and then you know, I make charts, I hire people, I do this and that and the other. And anyway, so that's what I'm doing is, is still doing like business stuff and yeah. production and distribution. Um, but yeah, so that's the creativity that I'm working now with the writers and I'm re- writing with um, a couple of female writers as well. Yay! Uh, yeah, I'm working with a lot of women and empowering women. So that's important to me. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I've been working on. Great. Uh, guys, Misha has just joined to- us. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm just, no, I'm just going to let people know that you've just joined, Misha. Hi, Misha. Misha, oh, yeah, this gonna, is Kimberly. Gonna- Kimberly, this is Misha. Hi, Kimberly. It's so nice to meet you. I'm nice. sorry I just came in in the middle of that. That's that okay? amazing. I was going to ask about um, work. So you've got your ideas and you give them to writers. Do you then like kind of check in with the writers and the ideas and keep working together and uh, mm-hmm. developing the ideas together or is it yes. kind of you allow them to kind of go off with it and, and develop the ideas they kind of then see fit um both I um you know we go different stages of things like for the treatment the synopsis at the beginning of the synopsis treatment if we're going to be doing research in an area finding like which area to explore character development it's just all a process they I, I try to give them targets because I think it's important for people to have targets and I it'll be like every two weeks or three weeks of course those targets aren't always met but um, it's just a really good way of working and and we're pretty far along on a couple of the projects and people some people are faster than the other other people and it's it's totally fine there's just there's a lot to manage um, thankfully, Sandro Minetti has been managing more things with me, and he's a wonderful writer himself. So we've both been managing things together and just making sure that the process just moves along. Um, and, and I, you know, and the whole thing is when you have an IP or you're developing something out, it's um, important also to have. I'm doing pitch decks. I'm also shooting. I shot and I directed a um, Christmas, like a kids' Christmas magical sort of uh, it's for a feature I did it over the summer and I just got the trailer done but I try to do proof of concepts also I like having a proof of concept along with the project if I can I mean one of the one of the concepts that I'm working on is from World War II about the some women in World War II that the story has not ever been told before oh my and- goodness sorry to interrupt you how exciting because I'm 
sick of seeing the men represented in World War II. What about the women that had to stay at home and deal with everything? So yay! <laughs> yeah, and these were amazing women. It's the story of the um, it's the story of the wasps and mm. the you know the women Air Force service pilots and um, but there's some brilliant women. I mean. Amelia Earhart, you know, times uh, 2000, they, there's just these brilliant women that have these stories and they're, unfortunately, their, their files were all classified for so many years. They, uh, they sanitized everything about what the women were going through. So you couldn't really be a real woman back then. You know, you had to be like a certain way and you couldn't really, there was just a lot of stuff. There was a lot of, uh, you could imagine the misogyny mm. back then pretty intense especially if you're a woman and trying to be a pilot there, there was all sorts of things that happened anyway I would be very happy if you wanted to ever read the, the screenplay oh, we've been working oh, on oh, yes. very exciting. I, I, just, I, haven't, I haven't let too many women read it I've had a I've got great notes on it I and mean, we've got really really great coverage on it so I'm, I'm just starting to go out with it and I am very excited it's called Avenger Field it was because Avenger Field is where the women flew in Sweetwater Texas where they trained um, and so, yeah, it's a, I think it's a wonderful story. I would love to see it. I think the women are beautiful and amazing and spirited and exciting and adventurous and all the things that we look up to in women, um, because they had to look at all the things they had to defy to be pilots back then in the forties. Yeah. So, you know, they just, they were little girls, little farmer girls or little rich girls who defied daddy back then and did all sorts of things, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, anyways, just wonderful, wonderful characters. So anyway, so I've been working on that. Um, and I do like, you know, female, I, I just like a good story. It doesn't matter to me if it's male or female. I just, I hope it's balanced. Yeah. And that's all. It's just, you know, I feel like sometimes that people try to do things just one way and then it doesn't feel like it's a really authentic part of the story. So it's, if it's part right. of the story, you know, and, um, yeah, so I'm. I'm. That's pretty much um, what I've been working on, and I love yeah. that you say that's pretty much what you've been working on. <laughs> so Kimberly is an actor, producer, distributor, businesswoman, director, and kind of sounds like to me you're a showrunner as well. I don't know. I probably am training to be a showrunner. That's mm. probably what it is because I have done producing of so many independent projects in the past and been on a lot of sets I think it's a lot of pressure to be a showrunner I mean you just are juggling so many things at once you have to really oversee the scripts oversee the writers I could probably do it you know it's not something I've like ever aspired to do but I'm sure that you know I just love telling good stories that's always been I don't know about you girls but it's like that's always what I've loved since I was little it's just reading a good story yeah. and then that we're so privileged when we get older that we could still be involved in the storytelling process yeah. I mean we're pretty lucky yeah yeah we absolutely <laughs> are now touching yeah. on that comment I'm being in LA and being a female and being over 30 how does that how I said I'm over 30 oh my god I'm joking <laughs> um I don't, over. yeah I you know what I really uh, other I don't ever think I try not to think about my age I don't you know I, I like oh my god how old I am I I don't think about it because my brain stays young mm. that makes sense mm-hmm. I always try to stay uh, I didn't always feel that way but I would say that <clears throat> I do feel that way now it's like I 
think really quickly, especially because I've been having, I've gone through this process over the last few years of having all these creative ideas. I think more like I did when I was young. And I don't know, I just, I don't really, if I think about it, like I did get reminded of that because of um, Diane Franklin and I didn't get asked to go back in Bill and Ted's three, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure three. And a number of people told us it was because of our age, which really sucks because, you know, the guys can get older, but the women can't. Yeah. It makes sense to me. And especially because women like to see women that are more their age now. You know, it's yeah. like, you grew up with us. Why wouldn't you want to, you know, and honestly, Diane and I are so much better than we were when we were younger, as far as just evolving as women and like mm-hmm. who we become and like more encompassing rather than just pretty faces, girls who can giggle and, you know, jiggle, we could actually giggle, jiggle and do a lot more, you know, <laughs> yeah. bake a cake and spin on our head and change the diapers <laughs> and, you know, run a company. So I don't know. It's like, I don't understand it, but it, it was very, it was like, that was really, um, I don't know, that was pretty upsetting, mm-hmm. I guess, to, more upsetting for Diane, for me, I'm just, you know, I've had a lot of like different uh, obstacles that I've had to go through in my life that were in the rejection category. So I was just like, okay, this is just one of them. And there's just so much more I can create with, you know, like as soon as somebody throws like that kind of curveball or invalidates you or, you know, oppresses kind of, it feels like an oppression. I always have this um, stable way of thinking, which is as soon as somebody does that to me, I just have to create more. You know, as like, I'm not going like, to not going to like succumb to that, like whole thing that they're doing. I feel bad for a few minutes. Like, okay, what can I create that will actually make me feel better? And so I always try to be creative and I, there's always something you create, even if it's just painting your furniture that looks like crap. I mean, there's always something you can do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just love to get in a creative flow. It doesn't have to be even a big thing. And then it just, it makes me feel better. Just like, oh, there's so much more that we can do. And like, there's a lot more opportunities. Diane and I could do TV shows together. We're still relatively young that we could do movies together and and we could do TV. And like, you know, you look at people like Jane Fonda and you look at people that are much, much, you know, much older in number, but like still creative geniuses in their own right. So there's a lot of, it's just, most everything has to do with attitude, I think. And that's what, you know, being over 30, 30 schmerty, who cares? It's like, just keep creating. I love it. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I think is like, yeah, there's some obstacles, but, and the one thing that I think that women don't have enough opportunity and it's even for me a challenge. And I do know a lot about finance and distribution and different parts of the business. I'm not as, you know, there are genius finance people. The one thing I, I really believe is there's not enough financial opportunities for women in the business. There's not enough film funds just for women Mm -hmm. in all different age groups. Like you have a great idea, here's a film fund for you and let them go out and make it. And I just think that there's just not enough opportunity or education for women to understand how to get financing for their projects. One thing that I do think that men have a little bit better connection is men just seem to get their projects financed a little bit easier than women. And I'm not quite sure why. Um, maybe it's just more men doing the finance. I just think that if I were able to do anything is I would create a, a decent sized film fund just for women and have them bring their projects in. I, like I said, I don't care if they're young or old, as long as there's some sort of a, you know, a criteria, like you look at the project, give them the money, let them go shoot that project. It's, you know, just having a governing body or I guess to like oversee the, um, the, the projects coming in. 
but I just don't think there's enough education maybe for the for women with film financing or funding of their projects. And that's one thing I would really love to see improve in the business. And I'm not sure who could put it there, but you know, big companies mm-hmm. like Netflix or Amazon, they could mm-hmm. start more of a film fund just for women's yeah. projects. I would love to see that. I think that's yeah. amazing. And because you see that Netflix has the list of like movies made by women films mm-hmm. made by women so you'd think that that would be something instead of feeling like oh well I'll get a chance again they think well this is my one chance at getting funding so I'm just going to play it really safe instead of having all these opportunities to exactly as you said learn and mm-hmm. expand their their own practice mm-hmm. yeah what you're saying is basically having a cushion there and not mm-hmm. feeling you know, because it is a lot of pressure to use somebody else's money and you want the project to be good, but not all projects are going to be good. There's going to be failures, of course, but, you know, that that's really, don't, you don't even want to focus on that. But if, we, you know, if somebody is feeling that way, if a director is feeling that way, I think it's important for the woman or whoever it is to communicate that. And that's really the job of the producer to help support them, whatever it may be, and let them know that everything is okay, Um and that they have a cushion there and it's, it's okay. Maybe they need a two or three picture deal. Maybe, you know, just to like give them something so it doesn't feel like all the pressure on one project. But, you know, it is, it is a high pressure business and you do have to function under pressure. But what you're talking about is it sounds like there's some, a little confusion. And so sometimes when you have a little bit of a confusion, you need to figure out if you're, you have a misunderstanding somewhere. So you need to really see like, do I understand what's going on here with this process? The more you understand, the more comfortable you're going to feel, and then you'll be ready to go. Sometimes maybe people try to go off and start shooting before they're really comfortable in their prep. You know, maybe they need more time in their prep, so they feel really like this process is going to go as good as possible. Usually with lower budget things, you need more prep time. It's always like, it's pretty much a rule. So if you have only 10 days to shoot, you need probably four or five weeks to prep at least, even if it's, you know, at least like six weeks would be awesome. Um, for a super low budget, because the more you prep, the better it's going to go. It's like prepping for a wedding, right? It's like prepping for a party. That's how I always, I say party planner, because that's (laughs) what I think a producer is. If you're a good party planner, you can be a good producer, because it's just making all the moving parts go together. That's all it is. And so if you're comfortable with the moving parts go together, and you're comfortable with the material, your script, and you really see like, okay, other people want to watch this. I mean, it's not too difficult. Are other people going to want to watch this? And if they are, Great. Uh, so anyway, that was my, sorry, my assistant is messaging me. Um, let me try to turn my phone on. Um, anyway, so that's, that's pretty much it. It's I don't, I, I think that, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a complicated process if you just break down the different parts of filmmaking. The, uh, like I said, the challenging part, and I've ran into this myself, is finding a film fund are finding you know a fund that um, women have more uh, women have access to that is more delegated for women's projects. So it doesn't even have to be a woman's project. For delegated for women filmmakers um, to access this um, film fund, and I think um, anyway, I think that would be a really worthwhile endeavor for a company to pursue. I think so too. I, I think, think Margot Robbie does a bit of. Uh, now I'm thinking about. It. I think Margot Robbie's got a film company that she. Um, I don't think it. They have a kind of big shout that that's what they do, but I think they kind of 
try to prioritize female filmmakers. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, there is a few, like Reese Witherspoon as well, but I think the actual fund for a female-led yeah. film i.e. female director, mm-hmm. maybe a female cinematographer. Like that's always something that I think about is the lack of female cinematographers that seem to get recognised because I highly doubt that there aren't that. I'm sure there are lots of female cinematographers out there that are amazing, but they're just not getting the opportunity. Um, and I think that companies, as you say, Kimberly, like Netflix and Amazon, and in particular Netflix, I think, what is it they've just reached? They're now worth something like eight hundred and fifty billion. Billion, yeah. Now, are you guys under lockdown like we are? Are you like fully like? Yeah, like quarantine. Yeah, quarantine. Yeah, lockdown. Yeah, and uh, we're week week six, I think. Week, week six. six of lockdown. Yeah, yeah, we started around the same time. Then I think we started like mid March, maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. A lot of work with the Chinese. I traveled there a lot. I've been working. Uh, one of the other things I did is I traveled all over from the bottom part of China in Hainan to the top part in Inner Mongolia. I went on the Russian border and by North Korea. Oh, um, wow. You know, it was amazing. Um, but I went there with my friends who are, they they pretty much make everything Genghis Khan. Every, Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan. And um, he's He's quite wealthy. He's a billionaire, investor in hotels, restaurants, massive buildings, has over 100,000 employees in various businesses, but he loves filmmaking. And he's built five massive sound stages in different parts of northern China. Yeah. So he's wonderful. That's a, one of the great connections I have. So I am working with them. But right before we went into quarantine, I went up to Idlewild to represent their beautiful film called Song of Love. It was a um, gorgeous movie about in the 50s, in the 1950s, late 50s, I believe, there were uh, there were a lot of starving people in China, like 30 million starving people, and all the little orphans were starving, and they ended up um, bringing a lot of the orphans up to Inner Mongolia and having the mothers take care of them. And so it's a story, a true story is based off of this. It mixed in with um, Mongolian culture, but they had an incredible DP and you know, it's like, so I went, that was the last thing that I did is they could not come out here because of the lockdown in China, obviously. Yeah. So I represented the film up in Idlewild, it's Idlewild Film Festival. And that was the last thing I did, like literally the weekend right before we got locked down as I was up at the film festival doing the red carpet, they won for best international film and they won for best cinematography. So they were so happy. Um, but anyway, I did it for them because I was not really feeling up to it. And Idlewild is gorgeous, but you have to go up really steep, windy roads for a very long time. And I don't like steep, windy roads. <laughs> so it was like, oh my God. It's like, all right, I'm doing this for why? Okay. But yeah. So anyway, but I was, I am hoping to work with them. They have a wonderful project that we were going to be shooting this summer um, about um, Knights, it has the Knights of Templar in it. It has Genghis Khan in it. it has when um, Magna Carta come up came about, and it's all about um, Genghis Khan's laws of heaven. He had his own laws, his own edicts, if you will, like you know that he lived by because he got the he learned how to, they they learned how to write and read and so forth from a lot of the European countries that they they conquered back then. Anyway, it's a beautiful story, but it does it does take place in England. I believe England and and China. Okay. 
we're going to work on that as like an epic kind of Games of Thrones type of movie. Okay. Really big budget, big, big budget. And that's what we were going to start shooting this summer. So that has unfortunately been delayed. And I was going to yeah. work on that. He wanted me, my, my friend, Mr. Gurr, um, who is the uh, the one that's Genghis Khan is everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, he even has Genghis Khan liquor. He has, yeah, it's like in pretty amazing Bombay, like all sorts of different flavors and brands. It's pretty high end stuff. Um, yeah, it's like really high alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Those Mongolians, those Mongolians know how to party. <laughs> well, interesting fact: if you if you live in Inner Mongolia and Mongolia, ninety five percent of those people sing or dance or play an instrument. So if you party with them with their gombi with your baijo, um, you get up and sing and dance. And I just started copying them. I put the hat on. I wore the blue scarf. I started, you know, doing the whole Mongolian dance. And I had a lot of that stuff. I had a lot of the fire water. Um, <laughs> Excellent. That's good though. That sounds yeah. amazing. It really does sound amazing. It is fun, but it's so cool up there. But it's like, I mean, you're just, everybody's creative. It, it was like amazing. Like you just, the singing, dancing, you just like, you get in this whole place, you feel like you're living in another time. It's amazing so, that they've got like the, the like lack of inhibition that's not being trained into them that we seem to get with our society and the way that we're brought up. It's it seems to um, really quench or take away the the creativity because people are worried about being judged or being. Yeah, good point. Good point. Creativity is what they're. I mean, that is so well said because creativity is really what they're all about there and. For and the Inner Mongolians are considered in the Chinese culture more farmers type, you know, mm-hmm. like more. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm comfortable with that because I grew up with goats and horses and so forth. I mean, I was milking goats when I was five years old for crying out loud. <laughs> early, even though we lived in California early on, I was like, I don't know how I managed to be milking goats. Like, really, when we get on the school bus, people are like, here comes goat girl. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm not. It joking. came in useful though. It came in useful much later on. That you exactly. Yeah, you're right, though, Misha. I think it's um, our creativity is. It's almost that thing about. I think people link being that kind of creative with being childlike. So it's you know it's time mm-hmm. to grow up. Yeah, that's yeah. My my acting teacher taught that. He said, you know, you have to always have with your imagination has to be like a childlike mentality, and. And people do lose that. I mean, because you mm. get repressed and who knows what. But it's it's easy to get back. Yeah. It's there. You know, just get some color crayons out and start coloring in a coloring book. That'll put you right back into that place. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love doing I that. I think that's what's been, I know, and it's what's been really nice actually about this lockdown. There are so many adults that are now starting to play again. And they're getting out their coloring books. And they're getting out their craft things and they're playing and they're making a mess and they're doing like the TikTok dances. And they are like all of this kind of creativity that would otherwise be like cast off as mucking around or just being silly or would be judged as like you're acting like a child is now what's really keeping people happy and going through this. Absolutely. I think that's so true. Um yeah, it's it's fun. I've been like yesterday mm. I just decided, oh, I don't like my furniture outside. It was so dark and ugly and I want to sit outside. So I just painted everything. 
I just <laughs> painted everything yesterday. And yeah, it's just, it's a fun time. I mean, it's, and also I think it's really important for artists, anybody, you don't have to be an artist, anybody. It's like, especially now, we have to be so gentle with ourselves too. I mean, I see people, and that's the biggest thing. And two things I wanted to impart for, for actresses, for women particularly, but anybody, is always know your self-worth. You know, even it's like your worth is so much more than just a few lines in, if it's a few lines in a, in a movie or a play or this, just it's, it's not, you're not just that, you're so much more. And the more you take that from, you're just like, it, it comes from inside, you know, like we were talking about doing the classics, like I did mm -hmm. early on, or I, I did Electra and, and all of those parts. And that really, um, that that inner strength that you have, that inner self-worth, and it will be challenged and you won't feel that way and you will not always feel that self-worth and it's mm -hmm. going to fluctuate a lot. And you have to just know that. If you know that, then you can get back to it easier. If you know that you, you know, it, you're gonna get thrown off of your, your place where you feel strong, you know that people are gonna come along and they're gonna resist that and they're not gonna want you to be there. But if you know that going ahead, you will be able to go back to that place of just knowing your worth, knowing that it's okay to say no, but you can do it gently and, and you know, be nice, but you just, I'm not going to do that. Or, or yes, I want to do this. And even if it's one or two parts, it's not going to make me any different from my goals or my dreams or what have you. So I think self-worth is a really important one. And I also think being gentle with ourselves, but gently, you know, gently, also gently coaxing yourself sometimes into things like a child, sometimes you have to do but also gentle with ourselves right now. If you're not living up to all the social media stuff people are doing, like, oh, they're doing this and that and the other. I'm like, oh my God, I'm exhausted just looking at that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that today. I today am going to sit and watch like, um, like I did. I'm going to watch five Bourne films if I want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to go do whatever I like. And now it's like, I, because I, I do really try to stay active as you, you know, can tell I do try to stay active, but Sometimes you just have to like go, it's okay just to be, you know, I'm just going to binge and there's so much going on in the world right now. And it's a scary time for us and everyone. And um, yeah, but I do agree. Like we are coming together in ways, you know, like, like, like you say, the creativity is amazing right now. Um, and it, people just caring for each other, you know, and, and looking out, you know, I just, I think it's a, a scary time, but in hopefully, you know, Hopefully we'll learn from this whole process. And um, I know that my neighbors or everybody's looking out for each other. Um, yeah. You know, it's a, yeah, but it's anyway. So those are my, those are my things that I can impart on people. And uh, I don't know if it helps anybody or, you know, you find it interesting or not. I don't know, but. No, definitely. I think um, all of that I is think great. We will. Absolutely. And the yeah. um, self-worth in particular is so poignant, I think, for a lot of us, whether you're male or female. But I think there is a lot of it with females is tied up in what roles we get given or don't get given or lose out on. And, you know, you talked earlier about experience and all of that rejection. And it is part of the industry and you do have to build a thick skin eventually um, and learn that that's not your worth, your worth is absolutely yeah. inside you and everything else that comes with that. Um, it's so true. And you know, people, you will, 
like I said, the rejection and all that, it's like, that's the hard, that's the challenge, you know, cause you have to look at acting. You have to look at everything like a game mm. and you have to know what the rules are and you have to know what the freedoms are in order to play the game. And what's your purpose? You have to know these things. So if you know the rules, you know that you're going to get knocked down, you know that you're going to feel terrible, then at least you're one step ahead of it. Then you could go back to your good place, your game place. You have to be in the game place yeah, because you're going to get all these, you know, it's like a movie, right? You have to throw rocks at the, at the hero and you have to have all these obstacles. Well, you have to consider yourself. That's what you're going through yeah. trying to get apart or trying to like keep going. Um, but I just really like, that's the one thing is I battled. I challenge, I was always my self-worth, whether I did a project that wasn't so good. And then I did something, I just would let the project or the people, you know, you, you let other people or other things dictate your self-worth. You're in trouble. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like really important just to go back. And I am worth more than this. Even if you've done stuff, you shouldn't, it's like, go back to your place. Who hasn't done stuff that they shouldn't have done? I mean, I mean, look at everybody's like, the, but the really the big, the biggest thing is like, how do I reset my game? You know, we reset on, I've been playing a lot of Candy Crush. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all you got to do is wait for those hearts to regenerate. Wait a few hours and the hearts are regenerated. You can play some more. <laughs> <laughs> so true. It's so true. Um, I know that we're obviously running out of time because you, you've got yep. and everything. Um I mean, I want to ask you loads more questions. Maybe we'll do a part two, Kimberly, if you're up for it. Because I would love to know about um, your holistic um, path and how you found that. Um, I would love to share with you. Yeah, I would. I love that. But the one thing I wanted to quickly ask was, um, is there a female um, film director or other female producer that you would really love to work with that you haven't had the chance yet? Oh, my gosh. Well, uh, female producer. Well, I don't know if... Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Uh, no I I do like well I admire is Kathleen Kennedy I admire her so much I mean she did everything you she worked for Spielberg and she's like she's done the most commercial amazing projects I don't know if I want to work with her I certainly admire her yeah uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit um no there's I wouldn't say that there's anybody in particular that I there there are a few people that I like women actresses that I love for my project Avenger Field that I spoke to you about yeah uh, I, I really love Jessica Chastain for something and she's just she has a great film company and I think she's amazing she is amazing uh, yeah and um yeah I have some friends who are friends with her and know her and I have not met her but I would love to um but yeah, I, I, for you. I, I would love to and I, I do really like Reese Witherspoon as well yeah you know I think she's fantastic and there's a yeah so we'll see, but I will love for you girls to read Avenger Field and tell me yes. what you guys think of it. I would love to. That was very exciting. It would be fabulous. It would be really, really great. Um, I'm going to let you go because we know that you were, but thank you so much for your time, Kimberly. It's been so lovely to chat to you. It's been wonderful speaking to you girls and thank you so much. And literally anytime you ever want to talk or write to me or anything I could help you guys with. I will do whatever I can to, to help you. Amazing. Oh, the other thing that I just launched, I forgot to tell you, I just launched a big, I just launched a big stream channel. We have our own streaming channel now for my company. Oh, so amazing. We are, wow. Yeah, we are launching, like I am releasing all of our films and original content. Um, I have, I have access to big libraries of older titles of films. 
So, I mean, the, the goal is to eventually make original content for that. I mean, that would be something wonderful to do and probably just like um, Hubie, which is like just doing a 10 minute, yeah. tech, you know, yeah. fun. but anyway, that's a whole other conversation, but yeah. Um, yeah. But I, anyway, if you have short films or anything you want to get out there, just uh, send them my way. I'll put them on our channel. Amazing. Amazing. So what's that called? We'll give it a shout out. Oh, it's um, Big Stream Entertainment. I think I, I can send you the link, bigstreamentertainment.com. And we also have our own Roku channel, which is called Big Stream. So streaming like a stream, like a creek. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> we'll put that in the comment section as well. So it's all, all there we'll for anyone all. listening. We'll link it all. Um, Kimberly, thank you so much for your time. Um, thank you all for listening. And as always... Stay nasty. Stay nasty. <laughs> <laughs>